Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Hello and welcome to Bookworms. My name is Bex and it's a busy one today. We're talking to Jess Butterworth, Stephen Mulhern, Kimberly Whittam and we've got some book recommendations on the way for you as well. So let's kick it all off, shall we? Recently, I spoke to Stephen Mulhern about his brand new book, Max Magic, The Greatest Show on Earth. It was so much fun and here's what happened when we caught up. Presenter, magician and author... Stephen Mulhern, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? Really good, thank you. Now, I read your book, Stephen, and I loved every second of it. It was so much fun. Oh, thank you very much. Do you know what? It's, it's taken us such a long time to do it after following the first book. And I, I don't know if you know the, the story behind it, but initially I was asked to do an autobiography, and it's something I've never really wanted to do. So right. what I decided to do, rather than doing that, is to do books just like travelling my journey from growing up and the lessons that I've learnt, and uh, along with my family support and my friend support, just how things have gone. So in every book, there's always a message that I hope people would take take away and, and learn from it and gain a bit of confidence from it. And uh, yeah, the, the new book, um, the message is never give up. Well, I was going to ask about this kind of background because I did know that your your parents were market traders. Is that right? And obviously you've got Max in the book whose dad is a market trader, but also into magic like your dad was and was performing from a young age. So I'm glad you've said this because it proves my research was on the nose, Stephen. Yeah, no, it literally is. All my, my bro- I've got two brothers and a sister there in the book. Um, my friends, their real names are in the book. So yeah, it's all about, um, I'm with my family, I'm with my dad. We are market traders and I learn how to sell stuff with my dad and that's how I get my confidence. And then from that, my gran, who's also in the book, she owned an antique shop in real life and Max finds an antique old chest and when he manages to open the chest, it gives him magical powers and that helps him do various different things. Initially, he uses them for bad things and then his friends teach him that actually, you know, you need to use magic in a a good way. So so that's how... um, that's how he learns the tricks. And also in the book, in both books, at the end of it, there's like a little QR code where if you use somebody's phone, if you don't have a phone yourself, you can scan the QR code and then I show you how to, to become a magician yourself. So I bring you into my own home and I teach you loads and loads of tricks and then you can go out and fool all your friends and family as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did read the end of the book and I saw your your step-by-step guide on how to do a magic trick. And... um I need to get a pack of cards is basically it. Like, I need to learn. <laughs> that was my plan. That's I'm going to get that QR code. Yes. I'll, yes. Oh, I'll be I'll be challenging Mac Magic by the end of this. Uh, now, we meet Max uh, when he's about to do a big competition. It's quite exciting because there's there's quite a lot of stake here. There's, there's a good 10 grand here that Max could win, right? So tell us a little bit about Max in this adventure. So again, this is, is true to life because I got my first big break on a, on a talent show on telly called The Big Blue Talent Show. And I did my magic act on that. Um, I didn't win the competition, but bizarrely, um, Charlotte Church, who some people know, obviously the the um, the opera singer, she she won the competition. So Max enters the greatest show on earth, a TV show, a talent show, and he thinks he's got what it takes to win the competition. But the problem is, he then finds that there's another magician in the competition called Mr. Mysterio, who is not a good person. 
And along with Botley the Bully, who is in the book, um, they joined forces to try and ruin Max's chances. Also, Max is worried that Mr. Mysterio knows that Max has real magical powers. So it all comes to a halt at the very end of the book. And what happens? Does Max win? Does he lose? Does Mr. Mysterio stop him from winning? Um, and the, the, the actual show is hosted by Willow Hollaby, who I'm sure we all know who that's based on. Well, I did wonder. I mean, I didn't wonder. I knew. But I really enjoyed the references to, to Lovely Holly. Uh, you put in a little bit of Anton Deck in there. You also, I noticed one of the chapters is called In for a Penny, which I really appreciated. Yes, yes. So this, this is what I mean. You know, this book is, when I say it's taken time, I, I, I've never written books before. So I got the help with Tom Easton. So we co-write write the books. And I also do stick by that, that... It's it's not a bad thing to ask for a bit of help if you need help. Sure. Because sometimes it's, you know, sometimes I think people are scared of going, look, I can't do this on my own. And I did need help. And Tom has been amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm just really proud of the whole thing, really. Also, um, Max's patter is incredible on stage. Is that something taken from stuff that you say on stage or is that brand new? No, that's, that's stuff that I, I used to say some of those jokes, where are you from? They would say, where are you from? Say, sorry, so you didn't hear them. They'd repeat. All, all of the stuff is real. Yeah. And it's lovely when, when I hear people, you know, sort of repeating things in the book. It, it makes me very proud. You've got a series of jokes about lifts, which I really enjoyed. That was yeah. just, I literally, <laughs> I'm just sat, sat here like laughing away, like, ha, 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 ha. I think people were like, what is she doing? Why is she just laughing? At yeah. And also the other thing about the book, which um, not a lot of people are aware of, and, and in book one, is it's dyslexic friendly, which I was never aware of the font. Yeah. Because... It's really bizarre because when they told me about it, it wasn't my idea. They said to me, look, there's this thing called dyslexic front, which makes it easier for, for anyone that has trouble reading. Even brilliant readers will find it even easier to read the book with this font. And so much so that on TV, I use AutoQ and uh, in, in various different shows. So I now use the same font on the AutoQ that's in the book. It's amazing. Whoever came up with the idea, it's genius. Yeah, it's a bit more spaced out and a bit more differently yeah. shaped, I guess, isn't it? It's really nice to read and easier, yeah. Very clear, exactly. And you've also got lovely illustrations as well. I mean, you've what yeah. a lovely job you've had done for you here because they're, all the characters just come to life immediately. It's incredible. Yeah, Begonia, she, she, she's an amazing person. She lives in Spain and we, we have Zoom calls and we talk about, you know, the situations that we had and literally she just brings them to life. She is so talented. It's amazing. I love it so much. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Stephen. As a kid, I loved magic uh, and I was terrible at it. Tried it a lot. Awful. Right. Uh, my parents hired a magician for three birthdays in a row every year. Uh, I cried because I was I'd, I thought I'd broken the magic trick that he'd given me and it was terrible. So if if like me, he did that thing where, you know, you give the, the wand and it, the wand like... Yeah, yeah, it's called a breakaway wand. Yeah, where it'll just fall oh, to my... pieces. And then he makes it come back together again and then yeah. he gives it to you and it breaks it again. Yeah. Floods, floods of tears. Oh my, I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I don't want to break his wife, you know, he, he done me a solid by turning up. Anyway, if we are listening to you right now, we're thinking, yeah, yeah, I really want to do magic. What's an easy or good way to get into magic? Or what's what's the first trick you learned? So the first trick, um, look, you know, I, I always think it's nice to do tricks with household objects and that sort of stuff. But listen, there's there's YouTube. You know, YouTube is a great, is a great sort of library of stuff. Obviously, as I say in the back of the book, I show you how to do tons of tricks. Literally, I perform the trick, then I show you the trick, I show you the secret, and then I give you some tips 
on how to do things. But I think basic stuff like being able to make something disappear is a very good thing. As you said, card tricks are great. Using household objects makes people feel more relaxed. If you bring out a prop or a big trick, people are always very suspicious of it. And when you do start learning tricks, my best tip of all is to practice in front of a mirror because you'll see what the audience see. You'll make sure that you're not showing the secret if you perform it in front of a mirror. As I said, if you do have a mobile phone, and if you don't, and you can borrow your parents or your friends, if you can set it up and film yourself doing a trick and play it back, then then you'll see everything that your friends or your family or whoever you're going to do the trick with, what they're going to see. So, so yeah, all of those sort of tips are really important. But, yeah, if you really want to get involved, as I say, the tricks that are in Max Magic, I think are the best tricks. We haven't just thrown them together. I've made every single trick in our books I picked personally. Nobody else has picked. And that's why I perform them. I show you the way I would do it. Then obviously you can find your own route. But it's a step-by-step guide. Because I want I want new magicians. I want new Yeah, of course. Yeah, I want a new breed of magician. I want young magicians coming up that that literally can can be the new magician on TV. You know, whether it be a girl, whether it be a boy, whether it be a teen, who knows? But to see up-and-coming magicians is like a dream for me. Oh, that's so lovely. And and I think you've inspired probably a lot of people to get involved with Max Magic because it is such a good, heartwarming story, but also like has some top tips in it. So I did did really enjoy the book. I do have one more thing is I do a little quick fire round of questions with every author, if that's right. okay. So I thought I'd do that for you right now. No pressure, no stress, don't worry. No it's all, right. all fine. It's all right. Uh, first question is easy, books or Kindles? Oh, books for me, all the way. That pause for a second. I was like, okay. Um, heroes or villains? Oh, see, I do love a villain. I do love a villain. Although Max is going to be a hero, I hope. I hope. Um, but a villain is a, a good villain is a great villain. I f- fair enough. Uh, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Film. Okay. Uh, Harry Houdini or Paul Daniels? Oh, Harry Houdini. But that's a that's a hard one because Paul Daniels was a master. But I think Harry Houdini set set the stall out for many magicians to come. Uh, beginnings or endings? Oh, endings, all the way. These are good questions. I like these questions. Good, thanks. Uh, writing or reading? Writing. Now, now writing. Obviously, it was reading because I've only I've only now done two books, but but writing on that, it's now just it's swamped my mind. Writing. That's that's uh, good for the PR, isn't it? Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? It's got to be Hogwarts. It's got to be Hogwarts. I was just thinking. Do you know what? That's again another good question because they're so different but so similar. But Hogwarts all the way. Uh, speaking of different but similar, Ant or Deck? Oh, come on! Please, you can't do that. Please, they're both my best friends. I can't answer that. Sorry, please. Sorry, I, I let you off. That was just a test. That was I only ask you that question because I don't ask every author that question. Um, it'd be weird if I did, let's face it. Um, laptop or write by hand? Write by hand, all the way. I've got oh, right. books and books and books. Yes, I just find it easier. I, even when I'm learning scripts, if I write the scripts out after I've learned them, then it cements in my mind. Typing, I just find it, no. I even I even find texting and all of that sort of stuff. I've never used an emoji in my life. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, so writing all the way. I've got pads, literally, I could show you pads upon pads. Everywhere is a pad. Everywhere in my house, pads. Pads on my table, oh, wow. pads everywhere. Yeah. To, to be fair, I am also the notebook person, so I get that. Yeah. I get it, but the headline that you don't use emojis, that's going to be the takeaway from this interview, let's face it, Steve Mohan. Yeah, um, never used one in my life. Wow, okay. Uh, write nine to five, or do you write whenever you fancy? Whenever I fancy. Whenever an idea comes, I've, yeah, I just write it down. Okay. Uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Paddington Bear. 
Paddington Bear. Yeah. Finally, the last one is the most important one and the one I will judge you for. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? It's got to be salt and vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, I was introduced the other day, and I don't know if you were aware of this, do you know there is a thing called onion vinegar? No, go on. <laughs> what? So if you go into if you go into a fish and chip shop and say, "Do you have any onion vinegar?" They literally pull it out from underneath and go, "Yes." And I've tried it in ve- like a real sad person. I've tried it in various. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! In chip shops, you go, have you got any onion vinegar? And they go, yep. And it always brings, it's never on show, but it's it literally is onion vinegar. It's bizarre. Is it like pickled onion vinegar or something that they've had in the pickled onions? But yes, they pour that into, they pour the pickled onion vinegar into like the little vinegar condiment, if you like. And uh, yeah, and it's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah, try it. Well, I mean, you've taught me something. You taught me taught me a lot of things today, Stephen. Uh, you know about books and about magic, but mostly about the, the new vinegar in my life, which I'll obviously be using. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, Stephen Mohern, for telling us all about Max Magic, the greatest show on earth, out in all good bookshops now, I imagine. And thank you so much for talking to us. I love this. Thank you so much. And they were very good questions, by the way. You've met, you've started my week with a very big smile. Thank you so much to Stephen Mulhern. Uh, next up this week, we've got Jess Butterworth. She's got a brand new book out called Lost on Gibbon Island. It's all about Lark, who gets stranded on an island with only a baby gibbon for company. I really enjoyed this book. Let's find out more from Jess, shall we? I am joined today by author Jess Butterworth. How are you, Jess? Oh, I'm really good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. No, not at all. I've just noticed behind you on our lovely Zoom chat, uh, I can see a little, is that a gibbon behind you? It is, yeah. This is Goldie. Goldie (laughs) the Gibbon, who is one of the main characters in Lost on Gibbon Island. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. And and as we were just discussing, I've apparently got, I've got monkeys on my t-shirt. Didn't even plan it, but I'm thrilled about it. So we are on, on board of that. Tell me, uh, Lost on Gibbon Island, I really loved your book. Tell us where we first meet Lark. The book is written in a diary format as if she is writing once she is basically shipwrecked on an island in Cambodia. And so throughout her diary, she explains how she ended up there on this deserted island in Cambodia. And she only has a baby given called Goldie for company. Now, I did love this book because, yeah, like you say, she's got her notebook and she basically the story is told through what she writes. So she's writing a diary. We're reading her diary as she's there. And it's all about her survival techniques, right? Yeah, exactly. So she at first she thinks that she's going to be rescued straight away, but it quickly becomes apparent that uh, they don't know where she is and she has to spend much longer on the island than she first thought. So she quickly has to adapt and learn how to survive by herself and with Goldie's help. Together they learn the ways of the wild and and she's able to uh, survive. Oh, it's too much to wait. Yeah, of course, of course. And also Goldie is such a lovely character. I wanted to give Goldie a hug myself. Oh no, me too. <laughs> I got to spend so much time watching videos of Gibbons, which is lovely and uh, imagining what it would be like to be close to a baby Gibbon. I mean, of course, 
really we should never be in that position because they are wild animals but in this case because she's a baby gibbon and because of the way she ends up on the island with the lark they really form a bond and a friendship together which is lovely it is so lovely and uh also there's a lot of survival techniques going on here like learning how to to make a fire uh figuring out what plants you can eat uh trying to get water did you did you have to research that as well i did i remember i spent a long time trying to figure out how you would get into a coconut <laughs> and i remember even going to the supermarket and just trying to look at coconuts and buying coconuts and then obviously the ones you buy at the shop aren't the same as the ones you'd find on a tree um but yeah i had lots of fun doing all of that and poor lark really struggles to make a fire um because it's so hard and yeah it was great to imagine the items that i would wish to have on an island so yeah something to start a fire would be brilliant yeah i did love every now and again uh you would see a list of either things to do that day or things that have washed up on the shore there's a lot of rubbish a lot of plastic right yeah yeah that was really interesting because obviously it's it's plastic pollution but for lark it also provides an opportunity of, of objects and things that might become really useful in, in surviving um so plastic bottles and loads of plastic bottles, all sorts, really. Also, I've got to say, because she finds a, li- a lilo, right? And um, yeah. has to go from one island to the other with the box jellyfish in the middle of the, the two islands. I would be terrified. I Would you survive on this island, do you think? Um, only after writing the story. <laughs> I don't think I would if I was just in that position straight away <laughs> yeah she's such a brave character like she really does know her stuff and brings everything but because sometimes i think in, in those situations people would panic but Locke is on it straight away she remembers what her mum has told her she knows uh, how to survive and am i right in thinking that it's kind of been inspired by your your uh, past you went to cambodia yourself yeah so in 2008 so quite a while ago now i was traveling and i was in cambodia and someone told me about this island that was it had just started to be developed for the upcoming tourist season so there was a cafe being built and some huts but there weren't any tourists there yet but everyone said oh you should go before it gets busy so i got on a tiny little fishing boat to get there wow um, and then stayed in a lovely hut and it was amazing but i was only going to be there for three days and on the third day there was a huge tropical storm and the boat couldn't come to pick me up and for 10 days I waited for the boat to come and pick me up and it just didn't show up I was kind of stranded in a way I mean luckily there were other people around and um, I had food and water but I really let my imagination kind of run wild during that time and I was already thinking like gosh this is kind of what it would be like to really be stranded somewhere and then eventually the boat did come and the waves were so rough that I thought we were going to capsize. <gasps> and I had to swim to shore with my passport above my head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's another story in itself that you could tell separately. But I'm glad to see you've kind of channeled some of it into Lost on Gibbon Island. I, I genuinely I really love this book. It's a really lovely, um, really great adventure. And of course, it's all about kind of saving the environment, saving the Gibbons as well. And because you've got this whole thing where we're stuck on this island, but also we're exposing this kind of these bad men who are trying to trap the gibbons right it's it's like two bits of story in one yeah exactly so lark gets involved with some gibbon smugglers um, unknowingly and so the two kind of storylines run side by side and then at the end they come together which is how she ends up on this island with goldie the gibbon 
It's so great. And before I let you go, we do something on Fun Kids with all authors where we do like a quick fire round of questions, if that's okay. Um, so no stress. Uh, first one is books or Kindles? Books. Yeah, everyone says it. Heroes or villains? Hero. Heroes. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, um, TV adaptation. Okay. Uh, beginnings or endings? Beginnings. <laughs> Writing or reading? Writing. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. Laptop or write by hand? Uh, write by hand. Oh, really? That's quite uh-huh. rare. Wow. Do you have like notebooks everywhere? A bit like Lark. Do you have notebooks all, all over the shop? I do have notebooks <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Um, pretty much nine to five, although I have a toddler, so fitting it around that. And then also... Um, yeah, around school visits and other other things like that, which is really fun. Pretty dedicated. All right, uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, Winnie the Pooh. And finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Salt and vinegar. Yes! That's, that's <laughs> the same one as me. That's the best answer. I I'm mean, it's, it is, isn't it? Let's face it. I, d- I did have a cheeky prawn cocktail last night, but... Uh, no, nice. Controversial, <laughs> right? But sort of thing is the correct answer. Um, so, Jess, we should say uh, the book is out now. Lost on Gibbon Island is brilliant. Uh, and thank you so much for telling us all about it. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we've got so many amazing books around at the moment, including The Thief of Farofell by Ravina Guron. Uh, this is a recent release to look out for if you love magic and fantasy. It's all about Jude, who's never been taken seriously by her family and is so desperate to prove herself that she steals valuable magic from the fanciest house in town. It sounds good, doesn't it? I also need to remind you about L.D. Lipinski's Jamie. Now, that is my Fun Kids Book of the Month for May, and it is a brilliant one. It's all about love, acceptance, and friendship, and I think you're really going really gonna to enjoy that book. And if you want to find out more, then go and download uh, the last Bookworms episode where you can hear me chat to L.D. Lipinski all about it. Now, before we go, we've got to check in with Kimberly Whittam. Kimberly is going to give us a little intro and a reading from her brand new book, Quiet Storm. Hello, my name is Kimberly Whittam, and I'm very excited to introduce to you my debut middle grade book, Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm is all about what it's like to move up to secondary school, what it's like to be a younger sister to the most popular boy at school, what it's like to grow apart from friends and make new ones, and what it's like to go after your dreams, even when it's really scary to do so. Storm has never liked to stand out from the crowd, but ever since she started year seven, her life has been full of people telling her she needs to speak up, make friends and be more like her popular big brother. Then Storm breaks a school record and finds herself the new star of the athletics team. But as she's thrust into the spotlight, her home life and friendships start spiralling out of control and it's time for Quiet Storm to show that she has something to say. I am now going to read an extract from chapter one, where Storm is waiting for her big brother to go to school. Just chill. That is what Isaiah is telling me to do. But I'm finding it hard because he's icing a mountain of cupcakes in the kitchen and the school bell will ring in 15 minutes. It would be a lot easier to chill if I could walk to school by myself. Why couldn't you have just bought Asda cakes like a normal person? I sigh, sitting down at the table. I hope sitting here with my school bag across my shoulder will make him ice quicker, but it doesn't, of course. As usual, Isaiah goes at his own pace. Being normal never gets you anywhere, he says, delicately adding golden stars to each cupcake. I watch in frustration, realising that he has at least ten cupcakes lined up on the counter that haven't been touched yet. I look at the time. We're going to be late, which means that I'll have to walk into my form room as Mr Adams reads out the morning notices. I'm not bothered about missing the notices, though. They're always the same. 
Mr Adams, my form tutor, gives us a boring lecture about how the overuse of our mobile phones and the smartness of our school uniform will determine the rest of our lives. What I'm worried about is that Mr Adams will stop mid-sentence for me to explain why I'm late, and this means that everyone will be listening. It's all right for Isaiah. He doesn't feel his cheeks burn and his palms go clammy when walking into a group of people, like I do, so he doesn't understand why I panic when we're late in the mornings. I clutch the straps of my school bag and take deep breaths. Miss Scott, the teaching assistant in my form group, said that I should count to ten whenever I feel anxious, which happens to be all the time when I have Isaiah as a big brother. Isaiah is far from normal. If he's not winning science competitions or protesting social injustice, he's baking cakes for the school charity bake sale or playing the drums in the school band. He's the poster boy for everything you can accomplish if you follow the school's motto, aspire, achieve, succeed. Relax, no one is going to be staring at you, he says as I complain for the millionth time. He puts a lopsided ice cupcake in front of me as a way to calm my nerves. I don't need a cupcake, I need you to hurry up, I say, pushing the ice chocolate cupcake away. He carries on creating ice swirls as I put my head down in defeat. I was worried about this when I first found out that I was going to Daisy Mill Academy. Miss Cassidy, my year six teacher, made everyone in my class write down their worries about moving up to secondary school. My list included being away from my friends, having to meet new people, Isaiah. Miss Cassidy told me that I didn't have to worry. Most of my friends were starting at Daisy Mill too. Only Yasmin Bassi and Louis Harrow went to a different secondary school. She said that I wouldn't just have my friends from primary, including my best friend Sarish, but I would also make new friends. As for Isaiah, she told me how lucky I was to have a big brother like him to show me the ropes of secondary school. Well, Miss Cassidy, it turns out you were wrong, big time. I'm the only person from my primary school in my new form group. It's now March and I haven't made any friends since starting year seven last September. Meanwhile, Zarish is in a different form group and hasn't found making friends hard at all. The only lesson that I actually like is PE, and that's just because the form groups are mixed and Zarish and I are together. Besides PE, all of my lessons are truly awful. During the first week of school, every single teacher had the exact same reaction when I answered my name on the lesson register. Who is Storm Williams? my teacher asked, scanning the classroom. Each time I raised my hand warily, knowing what was coming next. How wonderful it is to be teaching Isaiah's little sister, they beamed. The sparkle in their eyes soon faded when they realised that I'm nothing like my big brother. Unlike Isaiah, I don't get the best grades and I definitely don't get involved in school activities. I'm not on the student council or the debate team and I definitely don't play an instrument like Isaiah, who is in the school band. I was worried about coming to secondary school and having so many teachers, but most of them have already given up on asking me to contribute to the class discussions or share my work with everyone at the end of the lesson. Even when I've got the answer right, the awkwardness of me nervously stumbling over my words makes me feel like I've got it all wrong. Well, it's been a busy one, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much to Stephen Mulhern, to Jess Butterworth, to Kimberly Whittam, and of course, to you for listening as well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to like, follow, subscribe, wherever it is you get your pods from, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!